0: Hello and welcome back to the clown hospital podcast, the mental health podcast that is not afraid to admit that capitalism is the problem. And it's me, your host, Sadie, and to talk about dual diagnosis with me, we have my friend Frank.
1: Hi everyone my name is frank i'm an addict just kidding (laughs) i don't subscribe to those introductions but (laughs) i just wanted to it was a fun
0: joke (laughs) (laughs) yeah those introductions like i don't know i like i said like in one of my groups people are like in the habit of saying that sort of thing i'm like i don't know if i like sometimes i like i improv it like i qualify but in a different way i'm like like, my name is Sadie, I'm, uh, like, what, what was, like, mentally ill and trying to chill without drugs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta do that.
0: Like, yeah, I, like, I don't know, I feel, yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I don't, it doesn't sit, like, I don't mind other people doing it. It doesn't, like, I, it, it just feels weird when I do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, I know we're, this is like a, a, a slight digression, but we'll get into this part later, but like
0: slight digression, I... 40 seconds into the record.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, so like, I guess, let me, okay, before I digress, let me mention why I guess I'm here.
0: So yeah. like,
1: I um I, like I mentioned, like, hi, I'm Frank, I'm an addict. Like, well, I mentioned that only because I was in a 12-step program for like, Oh, a, a year, like oh, like a year to the date. And um, I've been mentally ill, like my whole life, you know, but like I was, uh, yeah, I was formally diagnosed with uh, bipolar disorder um, in 2006 when I was 14 years old. So I, so with that has come four inpatient hospitalizations, more IOPs than I can count like uh like you know some partial hospitalization programs here and there and outpatient rehab so like i would say i'm like professionally like mentally ill (laughs) hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. i've I've been dealing with it i i've been managing
0: you definitely have experience (laughs) to share that definitely makes you a good guest for the podcast (laughs) i don't know if it makes your life better. <laughs> <But>.
1: <laughs> I think, yeah, something I also wanted to mention too is I have, here, let me count one, two, three, four, five. Oh, so I have five different diagnoses, which range from bipolar, ADHD, BPD, schizoaffective, PTSD, like, you know, I, I've, I would say I'm most attuned to like what this is what psychosis feels like so that's kind of like my flavor of like mental illness but like that and like uh depression i would say but yeah
0: fun shit cool so do i like yeah that seems like a good or did you have a digression
1: yeah no so we were talking about intros right like hi i'm i'm frank i'm an addict whatever so What was funny is like in the rooms uh, and for you listeners at home, the rooms are just what you call like the 12 step meetings that you keep attending via AA, NA, whatever. Mm -hmm. But in the rooms, uh, there was this, this very strange man who like, I, I think I identified a lot with him in the sense that like, I know that we have the same flavor of crazy, So like bipolar one or schizoaffective like you they come with uh like bipolar features and like that flavor of mania like can be like religious mania which is the one that i tend to gravitate towards and i could tell this dude does too just because of the like the like weird platitudes he would go on that like weren't really related but he would always introduce himself. Hi, I'm like John Doe, uh, alcoholic and addict, dual diagnosed. And I just remember thinking, like, that is so fucked. Like, why would you do that? Like, cause like because I'm thinking like, oh, I'm Frank, uh, poly substance <laughs> like abuser and uh like five different diagnoses, like all intermingled. Like, I'm like, bro, at what point like is do we need to define ourselves by like oh i do not use substances anymore or like i'm this mental illness encompasses me you know like it's just it it was just funny like because i i now whenever i hear these introductions i like will never stop thinking about that guy
0: i like that because the like I like that he and this isn't your point, but this is what I think is funny is he says two things about himself and then says dual diagnosis. So like the implication that his two diagnoses are alcoholic and addict. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like yeah, with the with the things is like I don't know, like if if whatever if however you're identifying however you're like qualifying yourself as someone who. Uh, benefits from being in the rooms and that's why you're there like whatever feels fine for you whatever but yeah i just i just fucking whose line it, is it anyway it,
1: yeah i like that i like that a lot
0: or sometimes i'm just like i don't feel like saying the thing <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: or sometimes i just say it because it's just like i hear it like every four minutes <laughs> All right so yeah so we're going to talk about dual diagnosis and i guess like people don't know what it is we should identify it especially like um and that just means being diagnosed with like a substance use disorder like having some sort of addiction issues and mental health diagnoses so if you're addicted to multiple substances that's that's just one diagnosis still (laughs) yeah i think this is like a good topic to talk about because like in my experience like it's kind of just like I don't know like my mental health struggles and my struggles with compulsive behaviors are like the exact same thing. And interacting with in recovery groups and in IOP and inpatient and stuff like that is like it's like that's just kind of what it <laughs> it, it is like because uh, substance use is self-medication. Yeah, it just makes sense. They just go hand in hand. So yeah, I'll get more into mine for a second, but since you're my guest, I'll let you go first. What's like your experience with the experience of dual diagnosis?
1: Yeah, so like I mentioned earlier, like my 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 first diagnosis uh, was bipolar two in two thousand six. So, you know, I was 14. I've been over, I've lived over half of my life just acknowledging that, like, I have an ever-present mental illness that, like, can, you know, can fuck up my shit, like, uh, if I'm not vigilant. And so I've always known that, like, I've, uh, like, I even had, like, um, kind of, like, uh, emergency plans in place, like, for, for, like, close friends, like, that are in the city, you know, like, of... Mm-hmm. Or I, I remember when I first drafted a list for, like, behaviors to look out for for my friends, like, to be like, oh, shit, like, something's, something's wrong. And, like, and some of the the examples are, like, kind of funny now, because, like, uh, in 2014, I was, like, super into John Mayer, and, like, I still am. <laughs> <laughs> I like, but... He like one of the examples was listening to a uh, continuum on repeat and crying. So like uh, you know, just it's like, look out for this. And so my friends like kind of always knew what to look out for. So that I always had a grasp of that I am mentally ill. But I didn't fully like comprehend that I also had a substance um, substance abuse issue or like or let alone like a substance use disorder. I it never really hit me until I was diagnosed as a poly substance abuser, you know, like. And what was what's funny is I I suppose it was there was there were elements of denial on my part. I had been using drugs at an early age, like I I believe I was fourteen when I I first I first smoked cannabis, and then then it was alcohol, and then I, I fell into a bad crowd, and like for a little while I was like. Of using like pain medicine too. Like, and I, when I was hospitalized for the first time, because uh, my, oh, like on, on a urinalysis, I tested positive for cannabis. They put me in the, what's the unit of the hospital where, oh, detox. They put me in detox. They put you yeah. in
0: detox for weed? Yeah. And what are you like, detoxing from? The munchies? Like, I don't get it.
1: Exactly exactly and and that it it was always so ludicrous to me right that like because i was like this isn't drugs like what the fuck like you know like i i what like because by then i wasn't even doing like i wasn't even like sorting pills or like whatever what have you
0: that i mean that is insane that is like what like
1: welcome to florida baby because
0: yeah like the point as far as i understand it is like for if you're going through like physical withdrawal. And like maybe if you smoke weed regularly and then you stop, you'll maybe be like a little cranky. <laughs> like exactly like, you don't need to go to <laughs> detox for being a little bit cranky. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like
1: like train spotting, cause like I didn't smoke today, you know? Like that's <laughs> no. Like it it yeah, it was just so like absurd. So like to me, it had always been divorced from me. You know mm-hmm. like oh like I I don't need to be here like I'm not like shooting up I'm not like on any hard drugs like mm-hmm. you know like that. I'd always like uh stigmatized um different substances and had just been had just thought oh well because I don't do this I don't have a problem with that and like I'm not an addict like you know I'm like I'm doing well in school I'm like you know I or like I'm doing well at work. Whatever, like it just the thought never crossed my mind that addiction could happen to me. Like yeah. Uh, yeah, it had always been. So I guess how that frames like dual diagnosis to me is that yes, now looking back at it, I can recognize that like oh, my uh, choice of you know using these substances instead of taking my medication it it still went hand in hand because I don't think I would have been as compelled to be using these substances in the first place if I were like a neurotypical person
0: yes absolutely yeah I just like strongly agree with that it is like if I didn't have an absurd amount of pain to run away from I wouldn't have to run away from it. <laughs> like it's yeah. it's really that simple or, like, you know, life is hard for everyone to some degree. So, like, you know, some people, I guess this is this is a metaphor that just popped in my head. Like, some people are able to take breaks. Like, some people can party hard on the weekends or drink a glass of wine after dinner or whatever. But, like, when it comes, like, I need to get the fuck out of my own head constantly, then it's, then it's like, oh, okay, well... And like when your mental health is not being treated, or you're experiencing like an environment that is causing or exacerbating mental health systems, like of course that's what you're gonna turn to. Just like it's like a, it's a rational response. It's a rational response with that can have severely negative consequences. But like
1: it makes like, sense,
0: though. Yeah, it makes it's so nice. much sense. Yeah. And then my my. I feel, like, somewhat similarly in, like, experience, like, very somewhat, but, like, in the experiences of, like, yeah, like, of just, like, not taking my own, like, relationship with substances, like, seriously for a long time. And when I was in the hospital and they were trying to get me to go to rehab and I was, like, no, why would I go to rehab? I don't have a problem. (laughs) Like, why do you even want me to go to rehab? That doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm fine. (laughs) But, like you know, if you're at a point where people are telling you to go to rehab, you're probably not actually.
1: Especially if they're telling you in the hospital, like, (laughs) context clues.
0: (laughs) Yeah. um, But like, similarly to you, where I was like, well, I was, you know, classic, like, I could stop whenever I wanted. I just don't, I want to, I just don't want to. (laughs) And like, I haven't hit That's stereotypical perception of a rock bottom. I was in my rock bottom, but like, I wasn't like, and that, that's like a 12 step thing. So like, I don't know, like people have different takes on that, but like, I don't know, like I didn't take myself seriously. And one of the reasons I didn't go to rehab other than that the manual was, I didn't want to stop using my drug of choice um, and didn't stop until a few months after my hospitalization, when it became clear that I couldn't use my drug of choice in a like controlled manner. Yeah, one of the other reasons I was like, I don't, I was like, yeah, like I don't belong here, there. And then also no one else is gonna think I belong there. And I've now been going to um, substance abuse recovery groups since what like may and at this point i go to three meetings a day and no one has ever told me like "Oh, say, say you're not hardcore enough to be
1: here yeah like, although that, i do always
0: really feel that, that way
1: that really resonates so. with me too yeah like because because in i i feel like well i've only been in recovery groups in florida but oh, like i just yeah <laughs> like florida there's something about like Gen X white people and like they love crack. Like it's just like, I think it was like just like the like a bygone of
0: the era, you know, like it is. So, people, yeah, that makes so, sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like a lot of those people
1: I'd met would were either like on like meth, crack, or opiates. Like just so, like and uh, like my the holy drug, trinity.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> like the and like my drug of choice is a dissociative anesthetic that like. I I'm mo- most people don't do like most people don't do ketamine like it yeah I think it really depends on what crowd you're in you know but like yes people be like are you are they're like you're, you're in here for that what <laughs> like you know like but like though they though I would perceive that they would say that they'd be like oh oh yeah no what like it, it t- makes total sense why you're here
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, like when like whenever people ask me my DOC, like because we have the same DOC shout out. Um, <laughs> like people ask me, I'm like, I am like embarrassed. I know. Cause I'm like, fuck, I'm not hardcore. But like making yourself think you're dead is kind of hardcore. <laughs> like Yeah. Like I, oh my
1: God. But, I am- like
0: like there's like I think one big difference at least in my experience is like like the like physical like withdrawal or whatever like has not been a thing I've had to experience and that sounds like such a bitch. Yeah. And I have so much respect for the people who like go through that.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I'm like a firm supporter of Matt. Like M- yes, M- 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 yes. And like that, yeah, that was one of my main issues with 12 step fellowships. They're pretty critical of Matt. You know, like I, I knew tons of people that switched to Suboxone, you know, to get off of opiates, but like they, and like they'd be off opiates for like a while, but they'd still be told, like, oh, you're, if you're on subs, you're not clean. And like there's that like weird, dichotomy of like you know clean and dirty like i don't like denoting my periods of abstinence with like clean time like i don't yeah me neither yeah and so like i it it, it just kind of seemed really ass backwards to not encourage people to use mac you know like even if it's temporary but yeah like one uh i would interact with people that were would then try to detox off of subs and them describing it as being worse than getting off dope in the first place and it's just yeah like i huge respect for everyone that's that brings himself to see that and
0: yeah i just don't under like it's just so it's so counterproductive in my perspective it's like if this thing makes recovery more accessible for this person like isn't that what you want
1: right
0: like if i can't get through a draw without subs and like i'm saying i in like a royal way because like again i don't have that experience but i don't want to like claim it because it's not mine but like if that makes it more if i can't get through a draw and just relapse every time if i can take a cheat code to make it a little like a little bit more manageable like why would you shame me for doing that don't you want like like isn't the whole point like to like get control of like your life back? If you are using like your MAT in a way that your life is impacted the same way you were in addiction, like sure, but like that's usually like that's not the if yeah. you just are like this makes it easier. It does. Like I am like I'm able to like pay my bills, I'm able to go to work, I'm able to like be a present member of my community and my family and whatever, like is that not the goal? Like, like the goal, if the, if the goal is to like stabilize our lives and our relationships and all that, like does it matter how we get there?
1: Exactly. Now I'm I'm a firm believer of that. And like that was something that was so frustrating being in all of the like the outpatient like mental health care that I was receiving I remember after I finished partial hospitalization I had to start IOP here in Florida as opposed to like virtually to the uh, like the light program that I was going to in uh, Pennsylvania mm-hmm. but I was still in Florida when I was attending regardless there was a switch and I could tell cuz like when I was in Florida I remember you know we were talking about like why we're here like introducing ourselves and I mentioned that like Uh, like we were talking about, you know, like abstinence from our DOCs and like whatever. And I said, oh, you know, I'm actually, I'm 30 days like clean. And the facilitator was like, oh, that's great. And I was like, well, where do I pick up a chip? Like, what am I supposed to do? You know, like what, where do I go? And she was like, well, you'll have to go to a meeting for that. And so I, one of the, one of the members in that group, Like, I miss her dearly, but uh, yeah, she brought me to my first NA meeting. But the thing was, it it was like pretty understood that, oh, if you're going to go to a meeting, you go to 12-step. No one had offered any other alternatives, and I didn't know that they existed. Like, I didn't know about Smart Recovery until I was complaining to my partner, Joe, about, you know, like what's, you know, like how much I'm dissatisfied with NA. And he'd mentioned that you were in SMART and that you liked SMART. And so getting into SMART recovery was like a game changer because I had no idea that there was like an evidence-based, like science-based recovery group that's not focused on like, you know, your higher power and like communal you know, communal, like what, what's the word? It's not even like therapy. It's just, you just let it out, but like yeah. to know. If, yeah. It's like
0: it's uh, a support group. That's just like what it yeah, is. Like yeah, you're, sure. yeah. you're venting You're maybe like, like more so and smart, you're maybe getting like some feedback or some like other people's perspectives. Yeah. Smart is funny. Like I just remember my very first meeting and like, at least in my meeting, there's a little spiel crosstalk is encouraged blah blah, blah. And i'm like someone just was so pissed about 12-step and they just were like i'm gonna do everything opposite
1: yeah
0: and yeah like the yeah it it, it does suck that like how little like that because yeah a 12-step works for you like fine like i got no beef with with that but it doesn't work from or like i I have a lot of reservations about it. Um, So it really sucks that like the alternatives are one, like less common and two, like less known as well. And like, like I heard about it because I worked in rehab and also my, one of my IOP therapists recommended it to me. And I was like, oh yeah, like I've heard of that. Like I'll try that. Um, and then i really liked it but like yeah if you don't like know the right people like you'll just never hear about it even if you're like you're in treatment which is a bummer yeah. because like imagine like if you're someone who doesn't vibe with 12-step and then you don't know of any option that just sounds like pretty primed for relapse if, Absolutely. yeah so, so i don't um i want to go back a little bit just like back to well, you're saying so like, oh, like you're here for what or whatever? Like literally when I was, and I think I've told you this like personally off air, but like when I was in the ER, um, they asked me if I was doing any substances. And when I told them, they're like, where do you, where do you even get that? <laughs> um, <laughs> and the answer is hilarious. I won't say it on air because I don't want to accidentally snitch on anyone, but I'll tell you off air because it's hilarious. And two is do a normal drug. <laughs>
1: literally that's that's what people tell you when when they find out that's your doc they're like are you kidding me like it's so funny
0: it's it's so yeah it's and like you also said like it's weird in certain communities um, and that's th- the gays love K, yes. and no one else does. It's true. I I re- I might have to edit this out because I don't know how. Like, but I was talking to someone recently, like a friend of mine, and we found out that we have the same DOC, and uh, and I was like, I'm sorry, this is like rude or random or whatever, but like, are you queer in any way?
1: <laughs> Flagging with our DOCs. <laughs>
0: and the answer was yes
1: <laughs> it's 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 k or tina like it like for like I, I just i it's but like specifically for like like gay men on grinder <laughs> like i don't know why like it's just like just they love meth
0: that makes sense meth and poppers
1: yeah, meth poppers and ketamine—that's
0: the other Holy Trinity. <laughs> that's yeah, that's the gay bitch, Holy Trinity. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we've been jumping all over the place. So, yeah, how about using substances as a way of self-medication? Um, because I I think that's like a very important part in talking about this.
1: Yeah, and I think a huge part of why I self-medicated with the substances that I did was because I was also in denial about like my mental illness. Like I mm-hmm. knew I was like I I knew I was bipolar, like I guess. Like I but I was just in varying degrees of denial about it for like several years. And I think though I had accepted that I was bipolar, I did not want to accept what medications I needed to take because of like the uh, poor side effects, like with antipsychotics in in particular, you have weight gain as like a major side effect. And, you know, like I also have a history of of an eating disorder. So like it was, it was always really jarring putting on like 30 to 70 pounds, Mm -hmm. you know, on any given antipsychotic run. And so I had chosen to stop taking meds in 2016. And because I felt stabilized, I was like, look, I'm fine. I'm not psychotic. I I haven't been in a while. Like, doesn't this amount of Zyprexa feel like overkill? You know, like, can't we just like keep me on like something like minimal and you know we can reassess later and so the reassessment later never happened because I ended up moving to New York first and then Pennsylvania and so I was losing weight because I was in a commuter city and I wasn't on my antipsychotics but I didn't put two and two together that I was kind of hypomanic all the time. Uh And so it started getting bad when I was prescribed Adderall. And I like I definitely have ADHD and I never abused um, Adderall because, you know, when you have ADHD and you take amphetamine salts, it's like your brain is like, hey, I want to work today versus like I feel like when like neurotypical people take Adderall, they're like, you know, like playing like party rock anthem, and just like, Yo, <laughs> let's go, you know, like it's very different from pictures. Yeah, so I I started uh, self medicating to manage uh, my feelings of uh, depression and hypomania. So I like the first. So like, let me backtrack and say like my I started self medicating with ketamine in like. I would say late 2018, like most of 2019 was like, when I got into this groove of like, oh, it's it's nighttime better, like, you know, do my my like weighted K, like K whole dose and like, level myself out. And like, it hadn't occurred to me that like, oh, you know, maybe if I were on stable medicine, like I wouldn't need to do this all the time. But again, I had such a bad misconception of what like the meds will do to me because of my Mm -hmm. experiences in the past that I was so like anti, like, no, I will not. I like, I I don't want to take lithium again. I like that gave me tremors. I don't want to take Abilify again. I gained weight. Like, you know, I, you name it, I've been on it and I would tell you why I I wasn't going to do it. So yeah, for me, it was definitely, I used, I used drugs to to like manage my bipolar disorder and it it worked for but it's not it wasn't like sustainable and if anything like it, it definitely made it worse <laughs> over time but yeah I didn't see it it was a risk to take
0: yeah that's such a classic thing where you're like because I definitely wouldn't like oh I'm doing this like Kind of dangerous thing every day just to feel normal and just like this is fine, and then you look back and like and you're like, What and like, how or why did I do that? Yeah, and also, like, K as a doc is like really funny in the context of like this conversation, like the dual diagnosis conversation, because like within the last few years or whatever, it's like growing in popularity as a depression treatment, so like literally like you couldn't be more on the nose when it comes to like self-medication <laughs> like <laughs> yeah i yeah. i have depression and i am self-medicating with this drug used to treat depression <laughs> like yeah
1: and like that's what i was telling myself too was i was like oh well this is actually like a, it's, it's a it's approved for treatment-resistant depression, and like yeah, but they
0: when you when you go to literal like actual ketamine treatment, you're not k-holing every every day, like.
1: <laughs> and it's so funny too, cause like recently, uh, okay, recently I read this article saying that they're looking at ketamine as a way to manage uh, bipolar disorder too, mm-hmm. and like that, I remember suggesting that to like a psychiatrist I was seeing. He was like, well. studies right now are only on depression and like i i don't think it would would work for bipolar blah 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 but now it is so again you know like i like when we were saying like something is totally reasonable like i wasn't yeah like it it was on the nose like i I wasn't (laughs) too far off of what would work for me
0: yeah i mean and of course you were like like of course you knew that because you had that experience if if it wasn't Helping if it wasn't treating your bipolar on some level, then you wouldn't be doing it all the time. So like, yeah, like you know about it. Yeah, it, it's funny. Like I remember my doctor being like, "Oh, like, like," and, and the psych ward being like, "Like, oh, like you know, like ketamine is being used to, like to treat depression these days." And he was like, "You'll never do that." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "God, fucking Damon, I ruined it." <laughs>
1: Yeah. Like, it's funny, like uh, any discerning practitioner will like read my, my, like my patient history and they'll be like, oh yeah, no, absolutely not. You can never do that. Or like, I can never prescribe you Adderall. I can never do, you know, like all, all these things, but like, yeah, in retrospect, I look back at like all the psychiatrists that were like willing to give me like a bipolar one, Mania likely <laughs> like uh, patient uh Adderall. And I was like, damn, if it like if either one of us could get in serious trouble for this, you know.
0: Sometimes I'll hear people like talk about how expensive ketamine treatment is, and I have to bite my tongue and not be like, I know a guy. <laughs> like uh, but that's not very recovery oriented of me. So I don't I've never done it, but I have to fight the urge every time I'm like, you know what, I like you know, it's still expensive, but, like, I can get it for, to, you like, a lot, a lot, like, significantly cheaper, but we don't, we don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just funny that that's my impulse. Critical
1: support. Yeah. <laughs> Critical support your impulse.
0: Yeah, and, I'll, like, on the topic of self-medication, like, one thing I remember is, like, I was in intense grief, and I was using every day, and someone in my life was like you know like torn on my use because like like oh like this is like getting kind of like this is getting concerning for me but also it was like this is the only time you seem like yourself and like that that means like like when i'm having a craving it's like well and i'm like depressed or like experiencing like a emotional flashback from my cptsd it's like well i want to be myself let me be myself and like it's hard but like it literally like literally does like treat the symptoms yeah like the the physical and um, the emotional pain I feel and then the physical pain that I feel as a result from that emotional pain like the muscle tension and the stomach shit like that disappears like I am like I would never do stimulants because I am so hyper aware of my body all the time and I hate it And I'm always on alert. So, like, why would I want to do something that's going to make it worse? But if I can just, like, not feel my body and even, like, not feel like I even exist, man, I don't want to, like, fucking glorify or romanticize it. But, like, I'm, like, looking at my face, I'm like, Sadie, you got to stop talking. (laughs) Yeah,
1: no, like, and that's, it's tough. Like, it's really tough because, like, it's not just K that is, like, beneficial for mental health you know yeah. like you could look at like psilocybin or like mdma you know both
0: poppers people. again yeah.
1: yeah they're like really,
0: really poppers really expand them. your mind if you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> and by your mind i mean your butthole
1: yeah like uh, <laughs> but like uh but yeah those examples i gave are were are pretty well documented treatments for uh yes. PTSD. And something I wanted to touch upon was my, my very first time doing psychedelics. So the first time I believe I did LSD, but it's possible I did a research chemical. I'm never going to know But what, no. I, <laughs> yeah, what I do know though.
0: Where did you how, do it?
1: Oh my God. So like, uh, in
0: what part of the country? I mean,
1: I, I did. No, I did it in Chinatown in this rich kid. This rich in, fi- in, Ph-
0: in Philly? In Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely a research chemical, I feel like.
1: <laughs> yeah. But anyway. It was, it, yeah, it was from his weird friend and like the blotters looked like like cherubs. Like it was it was a very strange experience. But like, I just remember I was going through a, a, a breakup, like we were already broken up, and I was very heartbroken, and like pretty suicidal, actually, like, and I re- I recall really wanting to die. Uh, and I remember like, I had this like, elaborate plan that I was gonna go to k I was gonna buy fentanyl, I was gonna like, OD, like on purpose, and like, do so somewhere where yeah. like, by the time you found me, it'd be too late. And like, it's, it's like really sad thinking about that now. But like, I just remember that was in the back of my mind. And like the next morning after this really lovely trip, like I remember feeling like my body had kind of always been set to self-destruct. Like for as long as I'd known was just like, I was trying to find more elaborate and intricate ways to die, (laughs) you know? And like that, after that, it was like the first time that part of my brain was turned off and I was like what the fuck like I've always known this profound sadness like I want to live now like this is incredible and like so that had kind of informed my use of substances was that oh this is something that I can do responsibly but I am not that way (laughs) you know I think I I start that way like well-intentioned but like it doesn't It doesn't end up you know it turns into excess and then overuse
0: and yeah yeah i mean that was that was similar to my like first time on on k was like oh my god like i like i feel free like i like i have this constant tension in my body and it's just gone and i'm watching freaking andy sandberg loop through time over and over again at a wedding um, like, this is great <laughs> like, to have something be such a constant in your life, like a, like a feeling and then being able to like, turn off that button is like, no wonder, like we get hooked <laughs> to like, yeah. like, f- like, fuck, I had a, like, I felt like this my entire life and I could just not. And then it's like, you know, like when I first started, it's like, I could go like, like a few days and like a for. A few days I'd feel like lighter yeah and then and then that time period gets shorter and shorter and shorter but like that sounds really great on paper in real life again to like be recovery warrant it doesn't work out that shit's expensive that shit can like really do do a number on your body and like it, it's not I don't know it's not <laughs> it's not the healthiest thing to do but like, man, is that appealing when you're in like, when if you're experiencing psychic damage constantly, and if you can block that psychic damage, it's hard. And like, so like, of course, that's what you're going to do.
1: Yeah, and I wanted to talk about this experience I had too. Uh, with uh, like, w- in terms of it, so I, I do want to mention that like, yes, I am recovery oriented now. Like, I, I abstain from like these substances, but like I do I do think that it is they are valuable in terms of assessing what needs to happen like in your framework like be it like you know oh yeah no I need to like recover or I need to process this with my therapist I need to you know I remember like 1k hole I had I was just like I need to join a gym (laughs) like (laughs) Like, I like, I took off my blindfold, like, because I, uh, I would like blindfold myself and listen to music. I like, I remember peeling off the blindfold and was like, I'm signing up for Planet Fitness, like, tomorrow. Did you sign up? (laughs) I did. And then the pandemic happened. (laughs) I only went like three times. But like, something I wanted to talk about was this, uh, this experience I had with like uh uh, with my um my therapist that was basically like the best way I can describe it was like a jerry-rigged EMDR (laughs) and so yeah I see
0: that in the notes I'm like what does that even mean
1: (laughs) yeah so it like basically I was this was after I my uh, so I was engaged in 2017 and it ended horribly like I had to get a restraining order against him like yeah
0: that sounds pretty horrible
1: yeah, it was awful. I, I got yeah, like my 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 engagement ended and all I got from it was PTSD. <laughs> like <laughs> like You got to
0: get that t-shirt.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and like so I was I was mentioning to my psychiatrist that I or my my therapist <laughs> that I really wanted to do psilocybin EMDR to like help me say goodbye to my ex-fiancé. Like, I just wanted to, like, say goodbye without, like, talking to him or... Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, because, like, I wanted to get closure without, like, doing, like, the toxic form of closure. (laughs) And so she said, like, while she can't administer that treatment to me because, like, it's not medically approved uh, in where we were in Pennsylvania, like, what she could do was write a, like, kind of like a guided script for a friend of mine to do, like, while I was under, under the influence, and so I got a really close friend of mine to, to help me, and, like, uh, I basically, like, did, I did what you're supposed to do, like, in a clinical setting, like, like, uh, I made a really comfortable environment, like, I set mood lighting, I put on a blindfold, and I, like, had made these, like, mushroom chocolates, and so I had done so, And it was, honestly, like, I feel like I did, like, years worth of therapy in that one session, because, like, it, it was so, like, healing. I remember, like, you know, like, shutting the door, like, this, like, metaphysical door in my mind, like, shutting it closed, and, like, because, like, he was entering his own door with his own blessing, whatever, and I'm going into mine, but, like, I'm shutting, I'm shutting that, 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 that door uh, for us, and it was really, really freeing, and, like, I'm very grateful to have had that experience, like, even if I'm never gonna do that again. I think it was important for me to do that, but, again, one of the, I guess, if, if, like, just, Now that it's been years since that's happened, I can look back and say, oh, like, that was helpful. I'm grateful it happened, but I really wish I would have taken meds, you know, regularly taken them instead of like continuing to rely on these substances um, and like, you know, not really learning how to um, have coping skills.
0: Well, I think that segues really nicely into the other side of the coin here is, so we have mental health, like a mental like illness, we're like afraid of med or like not fully self-aware of like why we're like using substances like the way we are using them. So then if mental illness is what leads to the substance abuse, it seems that. The other side of the coin would be treating substance use by treating like the mental health, like by treating the root of the substance use. So do you want to get into that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like
0: I definitely also that 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 experience is very cool. Like I feel weird that I didn't like comment on it, but that is very cool. And like I'm glad uh, you had that.
1: Thank
0: you. I'm like horrified of shrooms, but like that does sound pretty good
1: yeah like by then I was definitely like more of an experienced psychonaut so like I kind of like knew what I was getting myself into I like and like I consumed probably like two and a half grams which is like two and a half or three grams I don't recall but like a lot (laughs) like uh but yeah like I wouldn't I wouldn't tell just anybody to do that you know no 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 no. (laughs) but yeah like About like treating mental health, like I definitely feel that when my mental health is under control, I do not experience those unbearable triggers to use. Me Um, neither. Yeah, like I remember when I had to, I had to move back home because I had a mental health episode in September of 2020, like I was hospitalized then and I, ha- I had to quit my job. I-, I couldn't, like, I just needed to focus on-, on getting my health back up, and so I had to move back in with my parents, and so I was back in Florida, and I remember I, I would, like, wake up just, like, with panic. Like, I-, I just would have, like, these panic attacks all the time, and, like, I remember, like, I would experience, like, suicidal boredom. Like, uh, <laughs> it's, like it, it just you're you don't have anything to do you're you almost feel like paralyzed you know or it's just like I can't watch this shit you, you, like you try to watch tv but it's like too like I wouldn't even say that it's triggering so much as like you keep thinking about it so much that you can't yes it. yeah
0: like yes I I yeah on the boredom piece I really feel this as someone who got COVID twice in 30 days Um, so I was quarantined for like over 40 days and like
1: boredom. That shit's real.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, as like, cause like the boredom, like ends up triggering so much for me, like restlessness and then like alone, like I'm bored because no one wants to spend time with me or like hang out with me or whatever. And then like, and also just like being bored, like. Sucks, (laughs)
1: yeah. No, literally, boredom is my biggest trigger. It is 100%. Like, I remember like doing uh, so like when I was like working the steps, like we had to do like this inventory of like your triggers and like that kind of stuff, or like these desires to use or whatever. And I was like, yeah, no, it's definitely boredom. (laughs) Like, yeah, I can't take being bored. Like, I just like it makes my skin crawl because then I think of like all of these things that I, I should be doing, but I'm not. Like, I just, I think so much, and like, I just, I can't, and it's not even that I don't want to do anything, like, I'm trying, it's just, like, you know, I remember first experiencing that, even early on, like, after my, for my hospitalization in October of 2019, and, like, I had to lose my job, I didn't, so they fired me, but whatever, (laughs) like, it's, uh, like, it, it was still, like, bad, but, like, I just remember, I was trying to stay off substances and I had been for like a few months, but I wasn't like actively like going to meetings or like I'm sober, I'm this or that. I was just abstaining. But I remember one day, it was like, I think it was probably December or January. Like I'd already been, I, I'd already been fired. I had come home from IOP and I remember I was like, I had nothing to do. It was cold outside. I just remember shutting the door behind me, and I was like, "Nobody needs to know that I'm gonna do ketamine right now." And like it, and that's what started it. Like that, like I, I had always, I, I'm not, like though I had always been using K from like late 2018 to like 2019 or whatever. It didn't become a problem until I remember that that day of like mm-hmm. needing to escape. Like yeah, who I, yeah, just needing to escape being inside of myself because I couldn't take it, and like yeah, I I remember like looking back now, like after having done IOP so many times, like oh I could have used my like my toolbox, you know my my coping skills or like and you know like I could have read my tarot, talked to a friend, yeah, and, like literally anything, but like I just remember at that point. Was what was me realizing that like oh yeah I'm still like though my mental health is like stable it's not necessarily under control because I'm uh, choosing these behaviors instead of anything that I could learn to work those muscles you know
0: yeah that make yeah that makes sense like because like the thing is like though like that toolbox or whatever like the like the thing with whatever like most tools you're going to use in comparison to substances and other and even other addictions whether that's like sex gambling self-harm whatever you know those are my three behavioral addictions just kidding i only got one of those it's not <laughs> sex and if you're listening you know what it is <laughs> but is the instant gratification I can't watch a TV show or like draw or knit and then all of a sudden it hits me like a wave like and I feel relief it's no like no (laughs) it's like it's something you like you're just saying you have to build that muscle you need to learn how to calm yourself down by yourself and then you have to and that's like a process not like a button you press and that is hard but like it it's it's worth it and it works if you work it <laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> that's so funny I thought of a really horrible joke um <laughs> this morning where I might I, I might edit this out but like if you're a trans woman you start hormones you may hear from some people that you will lose the ability to gain erections unless you, like, keep using it. So, in other words, it works if you work it.
1: <laughs> I love that.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, exactly. Like, if my, yeah, like, if my shit is on, like, if I am not being triggered, I don't have cravings to use. And, like, and that also hits home the point that, like, cravings are, like, a signal our body gives to us. Something is wrong internally externally like there is something that needs to change like there is some sort of action that needs to be done to to like because like that craving and like I'm sure maybe it's different if there's like a physical dependency but like at least for me is like yeah that craving is based on oh I feel really depressed or oh I'm having a emotional flash flashback or oh I'm having a lot of grief feelings or whatever and I think that also I'm also been thinking a bit about like there's a lot of things like that I see like on TikTok or whatever and I don't really disagree but like if you have like a mental illness or whatever it is like your responsibility to like manage that and like not hurt people and like not act on like whatever impulses it may give you and I do agree with that but I also think that like I think the piece that is missing sometimes is like if I am in an environment that isn't that is constantly like triggering me or whatever like (laughs) it's gonna be a lot harder for me to take that like responsibility so I think it I think it Like while like it is primarily like like it is my responsibility, like no one else can. calm me down like from a CPTSD episode like they can help me, but like I need to take the initiative, I need to ask for that help and all that stuff like people can't read my mind. But like there's a real benefit in creating and contributing to environments that. Don't needlessly trigger people's mental health symptoms. And like I was like we talked about in the very first episode is like the the behaviors that are often associated with autism are the behaviors that a autism per, a person with autism displays while they're being mistreated. And I feel like that's that's the same for this. Is like yeah, sometimes I see a red flag when there's no red flag, but if something is wrong and flips that switch in me like it is like my responsibility to like learn how to manage that switch being flipped but like I think as like a society and a culture it should be our society to like try not to flip that fucking switch if you can yeah.
1: yeah like I I totally totally agree with that as like it's funny to like, like, even like environment, but also with like media we consume, like, like (laughs) are you about to
0: talk about, are you about to talk about euphoria?
1: I am about to talk about euphoria. Yeah, I was so triggered. Like the first, like watch, like, I remember like the first, and like, I was warned too, that I would be,
0: but I like, warned you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I personally know. warned you. And then I saw on Twitter that you're watching. And I'm like, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> and yeah, it's true. Like, cause I remember, like, I don't think i had had these triggers to use in like a really long time until I was watching that show. And I was like, fuck, I need to go to a smart meeting. Cause like I hadn't been, and like, uh, cause I had to stop going uh, because I was going to a chiropractor and like, meeting switched to in person and like uh, it was going on during the same time yada yada but like that's over like uh, i'm i'm not i finished my round of treatment at the chiropractor so i was like yeah it's been a while you need to go back so yeah like now i um i am actually going to a meeting this this wednesday and like i um I definitely like, I think if I wasn't care, if I wasn't careful or like assessing why I wanted to use, I think I would probably be hitting up like someone I know who could like help me get K down here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I watched the first episode of that show. I was in the fetal position the entire time. I was like, I was like covered in my by my weighted blanket with just my eyes peeking out to watch the TV <laughs> like. It's like, I can't watch this just like any, any like display of like sexual violence or even just like aggressive sexuality. I just like, can't do it. I just can't. Like, cause I didn't even see a lot of drug stuff. Like, obviously like, you know, she gets out of rehab in the beginning and stuff and like immediately starts using, but like, yeah, it's literally it's just like, what if we like put all the traumas and triggers in a blender? Just like, (laughs) watch what happens.
1: Like, uh, no, there reminds me of this, like, uh, this tweet I saw that's like, uh, I'm do- we're done romanticizing mental illness. It's time to sexualize it. And someone else <laughs> goes, like, uh, that's like someone pitching euphoria. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, fuck, there, we should, I should do, or we, or whatever, an episode about, like, engaging with media. While you know, like managing triggers, like in media because I am definitely someone. I was sick, and I was like, "All right, I'm sick. I'm like isolated. And I'm bored, and like the ice, iso- like isolation related to boredom is probably my biggest trigger." So, man, has this been a fucking test for me? And I was like, "All right, I'm gonna watch something chill." And I watched, I like started watching the second, like the new season of What We Do in the Shadows, and it just wasn't grabbing me. And I do like that show. And I was like, you know, what? I'll watch, I'll watch the, uh, I'll watch Yellow Jackets, like, which isn't quite euphoria levels of triggering, but is like, so based in trauma. And that's what I like about it. And like, yeah, because like, I don't know, I was talking to a friend this, like, like, this idea of like, you know, like, some like, and I feel like this is me to an extent is like, getting used, used to and comfortable to like chaos or like yeah to chaos or crisis or whatever and like and like my body is so used to being around or within a chaotic situation and it's like really hard to not be in them and like that is kind of like my draw to like yellow jacket or something is like i need to like role play the crisis like i need to like scratch that itch without like doing dumb shit
1: yeah that's also that also has to do with like learning how to live with boredom yeah well I feel like that's like the biggest key to like learning how to be in recovery like wh- while having a mental illness is just like learning like learning that it's okay to not have anything going on you know like yeah yeah that's not like uh, an indicator on your part that like life isn't worth living, you know?
0: Sure, if you say so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like the other thing I think for me that I have have noticed like as far as boredom goes is, I don't know, like recently I like, I had a grief anniversary this week and I I feel pretty bounced back right now, but like through most of the week I was really struggling. I had a self harm relapse and like someone was like, Sadie, just like watch a TV show you like. And I was like, I've, well, first of all, I've been in quarantine for 40 days. I've watched a lot of TV. And second of all, like I like, like you, like you said this before is like, my brain, it didn't shut my brain off. I was just watching, like I was like playing a game or whatever. And my brain was just like, the rumination was just like firing. And like I think I've talked about this on some some episode, but like finding something that finding media that is like intense, like like not not necessarily in a like a trauma triggering way, but in a like like and I like I I said this before and I'll say it over and over again because it's it's been really helpful for me is something that just like takes up my entire attention like oh, yeah,
1: like Ozark or like some yeah something something in that vein
0: yeah well yeah like I haven't watched that so I don't have anything to say on it but like Yellow Jacket that gives me a lot to think about like about like trauma and being like an adult navigating CPTSD and and um, also like I was like I read these two sci-fi books um, like that were in a series last year um, a memory called Empire in a, this will, uh something called peace they were so good there's so much fucking lore and like the names are like weird and like you really need to like pay attention to like figure out what the fuck is going on and like that was so good that was so like and it sounds kind of intuitive like and like there are like i know lots of people who like like for reading specifically like they find it really hard due to mental illness But for me personally, like that was a good experience Or like complex ass board games where I need to like there's like a million parts and like I need to pay attention to all these like fucking rules and shit like I. Remember, like when I hung out with my ex's mom, the first time, like I was really anxious and then we played pandemic and I just like became a whole different fucking person, (laughs) and then we were on a trip to the beach and I was. So anxious like the whole time. And like um, and I brought some board games and my ex's mom was like, Oh, like we should play a board game, and like totally knowing that it would like make me alive and like not quite instant, but like man, like I like I just become a different fucking person because I am like hyper focused and like I'm like trying to figure out how to like make the best train or whatever the fuck. Like yeah. Um, And it's like that's like a hard thing to access sometimes because sometimes yeah I am very exhausted and I can't make trains across Europe, but if I am in like that little window where. Like I need a distraction can handle like a really intense distraction, it is like a game changer because like talking talk about boredom like reading like a big thick book that can like take up hours of my time or playing a complicated board game and then I'm fucking tired afterwards, which is like so like, like being like an appropriate level of tired that isn't triggering, but it makes you like too tired to have or act on your cravings is like such a big thing. Like I was having such big cravings and then I went to physical therapy and then I have been pretty good ever since because that kicked my ass. Cool, so do you got anything else on treating mental health as a way of managing substance use?
1: No, I uh, I think I'm good, yeah. Like, I, I actually, I wanna read this part out loud though. Cool. My takeaway is that maybe if I take my meds every day, I won't need to do a precarious mix of uppers and downers to maximize feeling alive.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely wanna like touch on like that taking meds, if you can find the right ones and stuff like, because that's like such a big barrier. um, And like, as you discussed, it's such a big barrier, but if you can find the right ones, it, that can really be like really be a game changer. Oh, yeah. As far as like managing the internal game changer. All right, we have like another section, but if we do that, it will go long. So we can save that for another time. And so I usually wrap up with gratitudes. And I start that by being grateful for my guests for coming on. So thank you for coming on. It makes me feel very connected to find people with the same DOC, (laughs) especially like when it's like a, it's not a very common DOC. So like, like oh fuck yeah you get it (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah and like your notes are very thorough most people don't share their notes with me but you're the second person who has and that's also been helpful knowing what you want to talk about has been very helpful for me being like all right what are like my like reactions and stuff so i appreciate like your note taking and sharing your notes and like your thoughts and yeah and then i'm also grateful for I, i need to start thinking of this before recording. I went outside for the first time in like a long time yesterday. It was raining. And it was for a doctor's appointment, not for anything fun. But when you spend so much time in your room because of being sick, and like, even though I'm COVID negative, I'm not very mobile at PT. I was asked to walk six minutes and I could not do it. So like i like being stuck in here sucks but it was cool to be outside and to be like talking to another person face to face and shit. i'm grateful for that i'm great like it's like a like being outside and then also starting physical therapy as like it's like all right this is like the beginning of the end of this pretty difficult era of my life of this part of it i mean it's been a difficult era of my life for years but the the last 40 something days coming to the end of that is really exciting so I'm grateful for that would you like to share what you're grateful for today
1: yeah I'm very grateful to be here thank you so much for having me
0: of course
1: I just I love this podcast and I love like hearing about all of um, all of the like experiences of our friends of uh or people that i i don't know like so it's really neat to be able to share a slice of of what my life (laughs) has been like i'm also grateful that uh mercury retrograde is over (laughs) like
0: uh, yeah i remember in my meeting there was a day where like everyone like was just going through it and they're like mercury retrograde is going to be over in two days guys just hold on (laughs)
1: Yeah it, it's been like I told myself I was gonna not acknowledge it this time I was like I'm not gonna blame it on anything I'm not gonna like I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna even say that it's Mercury Retrograde it's just you know like I pretend I do not see but like that didn't stop me from like feeling it like yeah. it was awful so like uh, just like just shit at work you know like just constant like miscommunication things just like so yeah so grateful that's over and also i'm grateful that um i've been taking my adhd meds again i'm on a non stimul the only non-stimulant approved for adhd so it's uh called stratera it doesn't work very well um but but you have to take it every day and if you don't like it's just like it's an snri so like it takes um, yeah yeah it, t- it takes like weeks to take effect so like i fe- mm. i finally feel like it's working so i'm great hell yeah that, like i i feel like i'm able to like you know pick up the pieces uh, again oh yeah i'm also grateful that like i i hired one of my mom's friends to clean my room because like my room was just this disaster and like yeah she she really don't had- call me out <laughs> I'm saying there's no shame in, uh, in hiring someone to help you clean your room. Like if you got to do that to pick up your mental health, fucking do it. Like it, didn't- I might
0: need to do that.
1: <laughs> I support it.
0: Cool. Cool. That rules. Do you have, do you have any promotion you want to do? Uh, no, cool. I, that's I, fine. I Most people don't, <laughs> um, it's just like a podcast standard that, yeah. So make sure to include it. If you would like to follow us on Instagram and see the weird shit my AI transcription uh, gives me or like have an have an idea of what episode is coming out or just to whatever uh, that's clown hospital pod on Instagram. If you want to send me an unhinged email, you can send that unhinged email to clown at gmail.com. Uh, it could be hinged too. And with that we say thank you for coming on the show. And EXO, EXO Trauma Girl. <laughs> and we also say goodbye horses.
1: Oh my god.